So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shan Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And again, it's a delight, for, a delight for us to welcome back again Anne to the program. First of all, Martina Lahan Sheehan, and this time with her husband, Pat Sheehan. Good morning to you. Hello, John. How are things? Good, Good morning to you both. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Uh, at this time, and these uncertain times, and, and very important to share and to be together and support each other as best we can, and that's why we invited. Yeah, that's why I invited you guys on this morning, maybe to share something with us that might relate to these uncertain times, but also maybe relate to the time, the liturgical time of the year when, as you said before, we're between Easter and Pentecost. And uh, I believe you're going to centre a little reflection for us around, I think you've entitled it, Watching the Signs of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah, listening for the Spirit and aligning ourselves with uh, with the movements of the Spirit in our lives. Okay, listen, mm-hmm. thank you very much indeed. We're, we're all ears, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we never thought we'd find it um, in 2020, I suppose, journeying towards Pentecost in, in circumstances such as these. And uh, yes, uh, they're the only, these are the only times we have. We can't look back at the moment. We can't look forward. We just have to be in this um, unusual time and try and enter into it and to listen for um, promptings of the, of the Spirit. And I suppose, you know, things that we thought were dependable uh, things in our worries that we thought were uh, permanent and dependable have kind of crumbled a bit and the carpet has been pulled from under us in, in so many ways. And um, I think the invitation might be there to just really uh, land into this space and listen deeply together to see uh, what's the spirit doing and uh, where is the, the um, spirit stirring for us. Um, so the couple of lines of the gospel uh, there that we're reflecting on, uh, John 14, uh, 15 to, to 21. And we're told, you know, and I won't read the whole gospel other than to just talk about a couple of lines in it. And, you know, there's a reference to, um, I, I should ask the Father and he will give you another parity to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world can never accept since it neither sees nor knows him, but you know him because he is with you, he is in you. And there's something very powerful there, that the Spirit, we are told, is not just with us, but the Spirit is in us. And, you know, this indwelling Spirit. And I think we're not, we haven't been um, formed and shaped enough to, to really know and reflect that, you know, and if we did really know it, how different maybe even this time of uncertainty would be. Um, if we really knew that the spirit is in us, uh, in this in-between time when so much has crumbled and so much um, isn't dependable right now. So maybe we could start even just by you know, becoming aware of what the gospel is saying around that the spirit is in us. And we're told uh, the spirit dwells within us and brings us a peace 
that uh, in other Gospels we're told, uh, Jesus says, it's a peace the world cannot give. So even all those things that we thought were life itself, you know, our our diaries and our planning and our structures and, you know, I had my, uh, we had our diaries full for the year, didn't we, Pat? Okay. And now they're, now they're empty. <laughs> and so it wasn't a very good investment to buy a 2020 diary. <laughs> and so those things that we thought were permanent, you know, um, but we're told that the spirit brings a peace that those things can't bring, that the world uh, can't bring. So even if we were to take a moment, you know, to think about what it would be like if we really trusted that indwelling spirit, you know, we would be set free from a lot, I think, a lot of our uh, anxieties. Um, and I think we would really feel more at home in our own skin, you know, be at home in ourselves um, without so much competition or pushing or comparison or that exhausting, exhausted drive that we've all been living from. You know, we have been exhausted because we've been living in a culture of bigger, better, faster, and so on. We've been living in a culture of breaking speed limits. And at some level, that's all been stripped from us. And maybe it is a good time to fit in and to um, really become rooted in that spirit, in the core of our being. And when we trust the core of our being, we recognize that, you know, we have enough. We are enough. Yes, we are enough, even more importantly. And when we believe we are enough, we don't need to compete or to perform. So I'm going to just call out a few lines, just a very short little poem that I wrote there at the beginning of um, of lockdown. And it's the few lines are just called Fit In. So we might just sit in for a moment and let those few lines help us to become still. Sitting. Give up this sitting at life's edge. This begging, earning, proving to belong. Sitting full now. See how life supports you. But not with the things you bargained for. Sitting. Empty of those lists and plans, all made in desperation. The busyness, the chains you wound around your soul, that squeezed you in behind the lies that they would keep you from uncertainty. Fit in. Breathe in. Until another voice emerges and calls your name, though faint at first, until shaky like a newborn, an awkward step, and then another, while still unsure you stumble towards a way of life that begins to feel a lot like coming home. So those two lines 
speaking might help us even in this reflection, you know, to think about um, how the Spirit might indeed be offering an opportunity here to step off the treadmill of our, our frantic lives and the way they have been. So the Gospel tells us we will not be left as orphans. We will not be forgotten. We're carried, we're held. Now there's a couple of lines in that Gospel that have always bothered me. <laughs> and um, they say some, it says something like, if you keep my commandments. And I've always felt a bit disturbed by that word, if. You know, I remember in the past thinking, oh, God, not another conditional promise that we have to be good to be loved or we have to do the right things to be loved. And actually, it's not that at all. The deeper we've kind of gone into it. Um, you know, it says, if you obey my commandments, the Father will come to you and so on. And it's actually not a condition. It's something like, you know, that there's this spirit that's indwelling in us. It's like it's like a law of life. A law for life. And to bring life. Yeah. Mm. And we all I, I suppose we all know we have parts of us that turn away from life. Yeah. And then we don't grow. Then we don't grow. Yeah. And it's a bit like if you go to Florence to see the um, sunflowers, when the sun rises every morning, the sunflowers are in a position and they face the sun, they turn towards the sun. And as the sun tracks across the sky during the day, the sunflowers follow that track of the sun because they know instinctively somewhere inside them mm. that this is where they get their life from. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, like all of us, you will have some sunflowers who don't face the sun. And they're the ones that never thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're weak. And the farmer comes along and he says, okay, let's take the sunflowers that are healthy and use them. And the other ones, look, they feed the cattle with them. So what you're saying is that this law of life is, is written into nature as well. Nature, to turn yeah. towards life, to turn towards the light. Um, but there's another pull in all of us. And it's when St. Paul says, you know, what is this inside me that I do the things I don't want to do and I end up not doing the things I want to do. But he recognized there was another law pulling him into sabotage and destruction and not following the way of the Spirit. So here the gospel says, if you obey, in other words, like you need to allow, we need to align ourselves with the spirit because we could, we can, we can turn away from it as well. And we can kind of feed ourselves with all sorts of things that don't bring life at all. And we have habits like that, especially in the mind, you know, mm. that Jesus is saying, peace, I give you. I give you, I'm offering this peace to your heart. But I know I do things that, that rob peace in my life. 
Well, yeah, there are a number of things that can rob that peace. Um, rumination. Will you explain rumination? Please? Rumination is like going back over something that we did um, and maybe criticise yourself and saying, if only I said this, if only I didn't say this. So it keeps us in the past and it keeps robbing us of the, um, the peace in the present. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's known as rumination. Yes. Then we have another little thing that we do uh, that our brain does. It's called anticipatory anxiety. And what that is, is jumping into the future and anticipating things that could go wrong. And it's a bit like, you know, when you go upstairs and you're up at the top step of the stairs and you have no idea what you're there for. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because your mind has gone ahead. Yeah. You're not there. You're not present. You're not present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it robs itself of that magic time, mm-hmm. present moment. Mm-hmm. And of course, social comparisons then is another one that we all fall um, victim to. And social comparisons is looking at the other people around us and thinking they have a better life than us. Yeah. And this is very I suppose, prevalent now in social media where we think we see people on social media and we see we see that they're having such a great time. Mm. You know. Yeah. But, but this is what's presented to us. Yeah. So there are the three biggies really aren't there? Rumination, which is going back over and over and over and over the past. Anticipatory anxiety, which is worrying and worrying and worrying about the future. And social comparisons, which is um, uh, negatively comparing ourselves to others. And we lose peace when we go down those roads. Mm -hmm. And of course there are others. There are many other kind of sabotage things that we do. But there are three very uh, significant ones. And so... um, the aligning ourselves with the spirit is something about, you know, being really present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And there are other ones, aren't there, you know, that help us to be aligned to the spirit. Um, yes, I about counting our blessings is important. Yeah, and we're really aware of... Living fully in the present moment. Uh, fostering social connections and community. Practicing the space that gives us meaning and engagement in what contributes to the common good. And there's some of the things that kind of nourish the spirit, aren't they? Yeah. Kind of help us to grow, help yeah. us to grow. So when the gospel says, you know, if you obey me, so I suppose what it's saying is, you know, we need certain practices and habits and to help us. You know what the word obey Actually, obedience is actually a Latin word, and it actually means pay attention, listen. So obey doesn't mean do what you're told. It means pay attention. If you pay attention to the spirit, that's very different, isn't it, to do what you're told. Pay attention to the spirit. So there are certain things we can build into our lives to help us pay attention to the spirit, that help us nourish the spirit. And you've named some of them there, Pat, already mm. there. Um, and I think, like, psychology will tell us that, in fact, it tells us no, no matter what we own or achieve, and that can only contribute about 10% to our levels of happiness and life satisfaction. Mm. And, you know, people are really discovering that now in this time of lockdown. We've heard, you know, we both do counselling. 
and we're doing, we can't do face-to-face counselling, now we do Zoom counselling and spiritual direction. And so many people have said to us that uh, now that they have no shocks to go to, that they have discovered that they need a lot less than they thought they needed. And they're content with a lot less. And so it does prove, you know, what you said, that uh, um, no matter what we own or achieve, it can only contribute to about 10% of our happiness. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is, um, do you remember one day a gardener came into our garden oh. and he said that uh, there's a rose out the front and he said, you know, it's not growing at all. It's right. not thriving. thriving. And he said a few things. He said it's... Uh, it needs a bit of pot. Yeah. Um, it needs manure. Yeah. Can't see that around here. Yeah. And it needs a trellis for support. Yeah. And uh, a trellis is like a support structure that the trellis um, wasn't there to oppress the rose or to block it in any way, but to support the rose to grow towards the light. And um, because of what the gardener, we never employed him after actually that day he was too expensive. <laughs> but the one thing we did take away was that we all need a trellis. And in fact, out of that, I wrote a book called A Trellis for the Soul. And it was supposed to come out in March, but it's not going to be coming now until September, I think. Um, but the reason why I started writing about A Trellis for the Soul is that there are practices that we need to support us. And I think one of them is, there are a good few of them, but we picked two just for today. And one of them is prayer, and the other is gratitude. So maybe to look at prayer for a minute. So prayer isn't so much a kind of a, a climbing up. You know, sometimes we think resurrection is about going up. But, but prayer is more like a resting down into God. Resting down into the core of our being, where the Spirit of God dwells. And resting there. Deeply resting there. And letting some of the scaffolding fall away, as it is falling away. You know, those worries we have about what people think of us, public opinion, worrying about tomorrow. And instead, if we do this regularly, resting in the Spirit, we can become inwardly directed by the Spirit. We're guided by it. But more important, we're nourished and we discover who we are. And whose we are. And whose we are. So prayer, real prayer, isn't about give me this, give me that. If I do this, will you do that? It's not that. It's about resting deeply in the presence of God and recognizing that no matter what we lose and what externals we lose, that there is that this promise inside. You know, Jesus never said we'll have a perfect life, but he did say, I will be with you always. I will not leave you orphaned, says in, in this gospel. And the, the poet Emily Dickens says, says that hope is a thing with feathers that rests in the heart. So the spirit is like a thing with feathers that rests in the heart. It's indwelling and it fills us with life if we align ourselves with it. So the second practice um, that we might just reflect on briefly this morning is the practice of gratitude. And um, it's almost impossible to be depressed and grateful at the same time. It really protects us from depression. Gratitude for all the small little miracles 
small little miracles. And I think of um, Moses in the Old Testament, mm. uh, minding the sheep in the, in the desert. And something in him turned towards the mountain. And it invited him, the mountain invited him to go and see this wonderful sight of the sun. There was a wonderful sight. And he encountered the burning bush. And in that place, he encountered God. Yeah. So that, that spirit inside him turned him towards the mountain, mm-hmm. called him towards the mountain. And gratitude is that. It's about turning towards the burning bushes, turning towards the blessings. And, you know, these days, the new growth around us, bird song can be heard more than it can ever have because of the absence of traffic. And there are the little miracles that maybe we, we rushed past when we were busy. And, um, you know, there are, like, there are like little moments that can strengthen us and sustain us even though it's a difficult time. So it's important, I think, for all of us, especially at the end of every day, to reflect back on the day uh, at, for the moments that strengthened us. So maybe before Pat sings a song uh, for us, um, just before he does, we might just take one moment, just again, to come into that uh, moment of stillness, just a moment of, of stillness. And what helps us to come into stillness is to let the mind kind of fall still and relax. And just to become aware of the presence of God in you, the spirit dwelling in you. Just let that consciousness arise. The gospel we're told that it's a spirit of the world. It doesn't even recognize us. It lives deep within the heart. And in this time of uncertainty and unease, when we don't know what's happening next, just to relax that tendency to wanting to know, wanting to over plan, over worry, and just rest. And in the resting, to become aware of the blessings in your life. Become aware of all those little ways that God is showing love and peace to you. The smallest little moment. So the song that we were going to finish with this morning, um, I first heard it about 20 years ago. And it became, the first line is, thank you for this precious day. And in itself, it's like a prayer. So I recorded it about two or three years ago. And so this morning we'll sing it. So thank you for this precious day. Yeah, and thank you. It's lovely to be sharing with you on this precious day, um, sharing this reflection with all of you. And maybe just before Pat sings, um, you might like to connect with us sometime we do a, a free weekly reflection called Sabbath Space taking a break now for the summer back mid-August and it's a free resource every Sunday and the email uh, if you wanted to email up to keep in contact with us about that or any future reflections is it's Patrick Sheehan 1960 
at gmail.com. Patrick Sheehan, 1960, at gmail.com. And that's a, a two E's in Sheehan, isn't it? S-H-W-E-H-A-N. Yes. So, um, lovely to be connecting with you, and we'll close with past singing. Thank you. Thank you for this precious day These gifts you give to me My heart so full of love for you Sings praise for all I see Oh, sing for every mother's love For every childhood tear Oh, sing for all the stars above The peace beyond all fear This is for the refugees The ones without a home A boat out on the ocean A city street alone Are they not some Dear mother's child, are they not you and I? Are we the ones to bear this shame and bear this sacrifice? Or are they just like falling leaves who give themselves away from dust to dust? From sea to sheer and to another day If I could have one wish on earth Of all I can conceive T'would be to see another spring And bless the falling leaves So thank you for this precious day these gifts you give